Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are going back to school. Yes, it's time to go back to school and learn a few things. That way, we always become better at being, oh, you know, personal lives, professional lives, and business lives as well. And my guest today is going to talk to us about a different kind of lesson. I think it's going to be incredibly intriguing. So John Vespian is the author of 11 books, and I think he's got one more coming. And his books are about rational living. Let me give you a couple of the titles. When Everything Fails, Try This. That's one book that was published in 2009. Also, Rationality is the Way to Happiness in 2009 as well. The Philosophy of Builders, The Ten Principles of Rational Living, Rational Living, Rational Working, Consistency, The Key to Permanent Stress Relief, On Becoming Unbreakable, Thriving in Difficult Times, which he wrote or published in 2016, but I think we've had a lot of good experience with that lately. The next book is called Sequentiality. (laughs) He'll have to tell us himself. The Amazing Power of Finding the Right Sequence of Steps. That's terrible. I couldn't even say it out loud. Undisrupted, How Highly Effective People Deal with Disruptions and Asymmetry, The Shortcut to Success When Success Seems Impossible. Now, our guest has lived in Germany, Italy, France, Spain, and is currently calling in from the Netherlands. And his books combine his passion for history, investing, and personal development. And they all reflect on his philosophy of rational living, productiveness, and respect for the individual. And one of his quotes is, the purpose of my work is to draw practical lessons from history. If you want to make good decisions, you have to look at a big picture and learn from the wisdom accumulated in centuries of human experience. So joining me today, all the way from the Netherlands, is John. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Many thanks, uh, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, you have an amazing collection of books, obviously, and I love the perspective that you bring. But tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you help people to shock their potential. Yes, what I do is uh, to combine my uh, history with uh, personal development. So each book uh, contains uh, dozens of uh, short biographies of deep people from different professions, uh, different centuries, uh, different countries. And what I do is to try to extract the patterns of success and the patterns of failure by analyzing uh, real, real stories from real people. So these are very practical, um, a very practical approach to history. Uh, most people, when they hear the word history, they run away. They think it's super boring. <laughs> Something they learned at school is uh, is a collection of useless dates and useless battles and names of kings and queens. Uh, this is not uh, the way I look at it. I look at history as a major teacher of um, of uh, thinking, uh, patterns of behavior, human nature. If you don't learn from history, you will repeat uh, exactly the same mistakes that people made uh, centuries ago. It's, a, it's very unfortunate that uh, the history we learned at school 
usually presented in a way which is very, very useless and people become very frustrated with it. They don't want to hear anything about history. So I'm trying to change this pattern mm -hmm. in my books by having a, a perspective of history that is super practical, I think entertaining, because I try to extract from each biography uh, the two or three uh, key points that people can use today uh, in their daily lives. I love it. I think that's a really great way to approach not only history, but to really apply it to you know, who we are and what we become. I think that's, that's amazing. Can you give us example of somebody that, uh, that we'd probably know, or well, maybe somebody we don't even know the lessons that you might've learned from them or that we can learn through some of your books? Yes. For instance, uh, my latest book is uh, the title is a symmetry. The main idea of the book is that in order to be successful in life, to get something done, it's much easier to do it. If you, if you take an asymmetric uh, approach in this sense, what I mean is that you cannot really pretend to have a perfectly balanced life to do, I know, eight hours of sleep, eight hours of social life, eight hours of uh, work. This is very unrealistic. If you mm -hmm. try to spread yourself uh, too thin to have perfect balance, usually it doesn't work. Just to give you an example from the book, people like Mozart, the very famous musician, tried to uh, spread himself too thin. He did uh, too many things. He spent uh, his time uh, giving lessons uh, composing all kinds of uh, small pieces of music, uh, doing, I mean, working 18 hours a day for, for uh, 20 years. Eventually, he, he died very young. He, he yes. wasted uh, his life. He could have lived uh, much longer if he had adopted an asymmetric strategy. Instead of trying mm -hmm. to do everything, because he was literally doing everything. I mean, he was doing sometimes work for a couple of, a couple of hundred dollars uh, writing a small piece of music that people would perform only once. Huh? He would compose uh -huh. uh, a piece of music just for, uh, for a burial. Instead of doing that, if he could have concentrated in just one area, this is why I call the book Asymmetry, because you have to choose something that is uh, interesting to you and at the same time is profitable. And this is something that many people will not do. You will just chase uh, too many rabbits. If Mozart had mm -hmm. concentrated on the only area where he could actually make money easily, which was opera, uh, he mm -hmm. wrote a few operas, but he never really concentrated on that. He, he continued to do a lot of uh, teaching, a lot of performance that was a complete waste of time because he barely made any money. If he could have concentrated on opera, he would have made millions. And he yeah. didn't have to die so quickly because he was completely exhausted. And this is the kind of lessons you learn from history. I mean, to learn the dates of when Mozart was born and when he died, it's a complete waste of time. Right. But to learn uh, the key from his biography, to the key story, and why he died so young and why he actually killed himself with mm. uh, working uh, 18 hours a day because he could not concentrate on one profitable uh, business. He tried to do everything. To get these kind of lessons is very important. And you will only remember them if you know the story, because otherwise the lessons will be very quickly forgotten. Right. I never thought of it that way. I mean, we look back in history and look at Mozart as an incredible success, but you're absolutely right. The reason he's a success today is that his music lives on, but not because he mastered his success during that time or enjoyed you know, the true potential fruits of his success. If he was wearing, like my husband always says, if you're an inch deep, but a mile wide, you'll never have, you, you're never going to get enough traction for what you're trying to accomplish. Yes. Uh, and another lesson from the book is that uh, whatever you do, whatever your talent or whatever your profession, uh, you will do much better if you deploy uh, your assets uh, in the right um, configuration. 
And I analyzed, for instance, in the book, I analyzed uh, in quite uh, great detail how Hannibal was uh, a general. He actually uh, was fighting against the Roman Empire very successfully uh, for almost 20 years and winning battles uh, with fewer soldiers in actually in foreign territory. And he, he would regularly beat the Roman army. Actually, he almost destroyed uh, the Roman Empire, like the Roman Republic at the time. And how he did it? He did it systematically by deploying his men, his troops in an asymmetric way. He would always uh, make sure that he was fighting uh, downhill or he would fight in with the sunlight on the eyes of the enemy, or he would have the wind uh, in his favor and the, the enemy would get uh, dust on the eyes. I mean, he would always find some kind of advantage to make sure that uh, while he was fighting with fewer people, sometimes uh, 30% fewer men, he would have this asymmetric advantage because if he was fighting face to face, he would have been uh, wiped out in the first battle. And he managed for 20 years, uh, actually, all to almost destroy the Roman Republic. And this is a very important lesson from history. You should not get discouraged uh, because if you have uh, fewer resources, uh, less experience or less contacts than other people, if you deploy what you have in the right configuration, uh, you can multiply your effectiveness. I agree. I think that's brilliant. What a great um, way to take that lesson. I love, I had no idea that you approached, uh, you know, these lessons with the stories like this. This is a phenomenal way to, to bridge history into today and remind us it's like, for instance, you know, no self-made millionaire is really a self-made millionaire. They figure out how to deploy themselves or their assets or leverage other people to find their success. They're not trying to work harder. They're trying to work smarter. Well, another another lesson from the book, uh, and for this one, I use a uh, chess player. In my books, uh, I very, uh, very often I use uh, biographies of uh, chess players because it's very interesting to compare uh, their actual uh, lives, real lives, with their way of playing chess. Mm-hmm. You might not know this, but there is a, a great component of uh, personal style when you play chess. It's a, it's, a, it's a game that allows people to deploy their personalities. And it is very interesting to see from the great masters uh, when they're playing chess, how they managed to win, uh, especially when they, they had uh, everything against them. And in this particular, uh, in this particular book, in uh, Asymmetry, I recount uh, the story of Alekin. Alekin was a grandmaster, a world champion uh, in the 1920s, 1930s, before the, the Second World War. And he actually had a very interesting life because he escaped uh, the uh, communist revolution in Russia. Eventually, he settled down uh, playing in Europe. And the biography is fascinating because uh, one of the things you learn from his way of his personal life and his, uh, his way of playing is that when you have situations in life, and in this case in chess, when you have a game or you have a situation where you can actually not figure out uh, what's the right strategy, and this is something that happens to, I think, millions of people, that if you tell them, oh, you should fix some goals and, and make a plan, and they, but I don't know what to do. Uh, the situation mm. is too complicated. I, I don't have a, a clear strategy because it's very difficult to make a clear strategy. Alekin mm. was very good in these situations because he realized that in many games in chess, uh, you cannot really have a clear strategy because the game uh, is, is very flat. Uh, there is not a clear advantage. So what he did in this case, and for him it worked very well, uh, was to take a small initiatives. And when you see his games, sometimes uh, they are really 
at the beginning very boring because he was not uh, going in a particular direction. And then he started uh, to take uh, little initiatives to the right, to the left. Uh, he started uh, to make a small attacks, to take little initiatives, to test the waters, so to speak. And then mm -hmm. when he eventually found an opening, uh, he really hit hard and was able to win the game. And this is a very important uh, lesson because many times in life, you will not know exactly what to do because you, can, you don't have all the elements or the situation is too complex. And I think to copy this strategy from Alec and this chess strategy of, uh, of taking a small initiatives and testing the waters until you actually find an opening and then you can win uh, the battle. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. You're right. And sometimes you don't know what your strategy can be, how you can deploy it until... You're in the middle of the battle. <laughs> I think that's very amazing. I love it. John, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukuabiz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z.com. And we are back with John Vespian and we are talking about a number of his books and his uh, passion for teaching us important lessons about success and how we can operate by learning from history. And I think it's phenomenal. And John, also all this month, our back to school theme, I've been asking all of my guests to help teach us something. And I think you're already teaching us something, but what in particular do you think is important for us to know or to learn from you that will help us all to uh, succeed more in our personal or professional or business lives? Yeah, I think if I can underline just one idea from my books is the following. Uh, it's very important that uh, in life you get the right perspective. And um, for most people, this is going to be 85 years, 90 years. This is uh, the average. Uh, most people, life expectancy in, in most countries, uh, industrialized countries, is about 85, 90, depending on the sex or, or et cetera. But uh, the gender, it's um, 85, 90 should be your perspective. And this means that uh, if you're going through a difficult situation, whether it's a divorce, uh, business problems, financial problems. Now, especially this uh, this last year has been a catastrophe for many small businesses. If you are going through problems, you need to take a perspective of 90 years, a perspective mm -hmm. of a lifetime, and try to see problems in perspective because otherwise it's very easy to go crazy. It's very easy to become uh, desperate because you have a, a bad year and then you lose your job or you, you, you go bankrupt or you lose your spouse, you get divorced, whatever. If you take a very short-term perspective, uh, it's very easy to go crazy. I mean, think 85, think 90 years. You're going wow. to live normally 85, 90 years, maybe more, maybe even 100 years. Uh, now, there are a lot of people who, who reach 100 years. Um, this is the right perspective. And if you take uh, this perspective, and this is something realistic looking at history, um, you would see your problems in a different perspective because, uh, okay, fine, you had a bad year. But uh, when you look at the whole picture, it doesn't really mean so much. 
right. as long as you keep using your time effectively and you try to to improve the situation little by little after a few years you will not even remember it's very yeah. important to take this long perspective to lifetime perspective think 90 years and you will be able to make better decisions and you will not become so stressed because otherwise uh, it's very easy to to get to go crazy yeah? that is very true it's hard to i think it's a great reminder sometimes it's very hard in the middle of those stressful situations to remember that that this too shall pass and that uh, there's there's opportunity on the other side just like there was opportunity before you hit the the uh, tough time so i think that's a very good perspective and it falls right in line with with your um premise of looking back at important or you know maybe historical figures that you might not know of and hearing how their stories changed who they were and what we can learn from them yes and uh, and one thing that i really i'm uh, really very skeptical in my books is uh, positive thinking in the way that uh, most people understand it. And let me explain this because I think it's super important. It seems to be now like uh, the dominant philosophy in the Western world that, oh, you have to be positive, just do it, uh, go for it. And this is very dangerous. And I think this is one of the reasons why so many people are depressed nowadays. Only in the U.S., uh, you have uh, about 50 million taking medication against uh, depression, against uh, anxiety, and I think this, this philosophy has uh, a, a great responsibility for that uh, because people don't realize that positive thinking in itself, unless it is coupled to uh, rational action, to consistent action, to um, something which is well thought and you have a plan and you have a, an idea, or at least you have a, a, some kind of initiative to get where you want, or at least you are trying to develop some kind of plan, it's very dangerous because uh, it makes people super anxious. And when people start repeating themselves, oh, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, oh, I'm going to be successful without really having any um, steady uh, plan or, or, or consistent uh, approach to getting what they want, uh, then they crash against the wall and they become they're very depressed, very anxious. And this is really very bad. It's actually a waste of time. It is much better uh, to have a, a low-key approach uh, to try to come up first with a solid plan or with solid objective or at least uh, some kind of initiative uh, you can pursue. And then you will have plenty of time to become enthusiastic. But don't try to get yourself all uh, uh, worked uh, up uh, some, about something if it's not really very solid because eventually uh, you will crash against the wall and you will become very depressed. And I think this is something very important to uh, convey uh, in these times uh, where people, instead of having a practical attitude, they spend an uh, enormous amount of time uh, trying to look uh, cheerful. Mm. And I think it's much better to try to find uh, a tangible, a realistic uh, objective. Yes, I I agree. It's very it's one thing to say I'm going to be positive and I'm believing good things are going to happen to me and it's nothing it's another thing to say that believe it but actually be working towards making those positive and wonderful things happen. <laughs> one is wishful thinking and one has some action behind it. Yes, uh, I would like to present just another lesson from the book. The book is called Asymmetry because uh, I go through the biography of uh, I think it's about 30 people in this book. One of the, the results of the analysis is that uh, most successful careers are asymmetric. And this is very important to understand because it's, uh, when you look uh, and you watch movies, 
is absolutely not intuitive. When people watch movie or they read uh, news about successful people, they get the impression that uh, their careers are very smooth and they mm. start uh, an A and they go to B and then they go to C and D. And it's sort of like a natural progression and everything is successful. And, uh, but this is very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. When you actually analyze uh, the lives of successful people in history, uh, you see that many of them, uh, they became successful after uh, 25 failures. They changed profession uh, five times. Uh, they went bankrupt uh, three times and eventually they found something and they made a, a great deal of money after uh, 20 years of failure. And this yeah. is what you find in real stories. Let me just give you a quick example. Uh, one of the biographies I present in this book is uh, Dale Carnegie. And many people know Dale Carnegie because of his books about mm-hmm. um, uh, how to make friends and influence people and this kind of stuff. And they get the idea that, oh, this guy, I mean, he wrote these books and became successful. And, oh, it was very easy. Actually, this guy, uh, until he wrote the books, I mean, he tried different professions. He was a complete failure. He was uh, First, he was a salesman. Then he spent uh, years uh, teaching uh, evening courses. And eventually he put together a book after 10 years of uh, giving lessons and and doing uh, research. The book didn't sell. And it was his second book uh, that actually took off later and then he became successful. But uh, don't you get these wrong ideas of uh, a smooth progression, symmetric success, because it's very unrealistic. And when people get these very um, fantastical, very unrealistic uh, ideas, they become very depressed because, oh, why is my life such a mess? Why am I not progressing? Because you cannot compare yourself with uh, completely uh, fantasy scenarios. You have to compare yourself with real people in real history. And Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, when you look at the biographies in detail, uh, you will see the enormous amount of failure, the enormous amount of uh, of distress, and uh, it's only uh, by doing asymmetric strategies, by trying different things and, and focusing on what works, it is only through this process that uh, people emerge uh, successful and happy. It's not a smooth path. It is not a, a straightforward uh, walk in the park. Uh, get this idea out of your head because it's very dangerous. It's very unrealistic. Yes, I agree. Because uh, people who think that there's such a thing as overnight success don't realize you just might become well known overnight to other people, but your success took a long time to happen and might have taken a lot of wrong turns along the way. I completely agree. Um, If we have time, I can give you another couple of uh, examples. Sure, I would love a couple. Okay. Another aspect that uh, I underline in my books uh, very often is that you have to find um, sustainable ways to take care of your health uh, before you become sick. Mm -hmm. And it is very unfortunate, and you see the the careers of uh, successful people that uh, they are very good at their profession or their business, and then they get a heart attack or they they die very early. And it's very unfortunate, but um, uh, it is because they didn't pay enough uh, um, attention to their health. Mm -hmm. And what I've done in my books, and I do this, uh, I think in almost every book has uh, uh, at least a couple of biographies from uh, famous uh, doctors or famous um, uh, healers. Um, I spend a lot of time uh, researching uh, ancient medicine, especially uh, herbal medicine 
on also ancient Greek medicine. I have to tell you that uh, the principles of maintaining your health, they have been known since uh, the ancient Greek. Uh, they have not changed a lot, uh, despite uh, a lot of technology we have now, they didn't have before. Uh, we have all these uh, tests and all these uh, medical examinations. But when you go to, to ancient Greece and you see that people live uh, fairly long and mm -hmm. they were able to stay healthy with uh, very few resources, uh, they're important lessons to draw. And I would just like to mention a couple of them. One of the uh, good habits I think everybody should acquire because it's very inexpensive and very um, uh, benef beneficial is to, uh, to get used to drinking uh, herbal tea. Mm -hmm. And it is something that uh, in the US uh, and I think in sometimes of, of Europe, uh, people find it a bit weird and say, oh, I want to drink, I don't know, uh, soft drinks, whatever. But uh, the change to drinking herbal tea, uh, I'm talking about uh, chamomile, uh, mint, uh, sage, I mean, all this kind of herbal tea, it's really not a very difficult change. It's a bit uh, more slowly mm -hmm. in the sense that uh, more slow because in the end you have to make the tea and it takes uh, three or four minutes. But uh, it has a very beneficial uh, influence on your health. Uh, it's very good uh, for uh, improving your immune system. It's also very good uh, for slowing down a little bit. And you have in some countries, like in Japan, they take the time to take a break and to have a yes. cup of tea. I think it's, it's very good because I've seen this in every um, uh, period of history. People who have been uh, living many years very healthily, mm -hmm. they usually have this habit of uh, drinking herbal tea. And it mm. depends on which part of the world you live, because in some, in some areas they live, they drink chamomile, other places they drink uh, mint or sage or yep. fennel tea. I mean, there are different types, but uh, try to incorporate uh, this habit into your life because it costs very little money. I mean, you spend a few dollars per month, but um, I think uh, if you replace at least partly soft drinks or, or whatever you drink by uh, herbal tea, it can be very beneficial. It's very inexpensive. Uh, I mean, try it. I think uh, you will see the benefits very quickly. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer. I, I drink a cup of red ginseng tea every morning. And it, uh, it's something that I, I enjoy. It's, it, I feel like I'm doing something good for myself, but it's also just a part of an incredible ritual. Okay. And the, the last uh, aspect I wanted to mention is that um, in whatever business you do, uh, whatever your profession, whatever uh, uh, your career, you have to find a way uh, by looking at the way you were, at your processes, at your uh, time dedication, time allocation, uh, your day, um, to try to develop asymmetric uh, advantages. If you look at any business or any profession, uh, basically people do, they have a process and they do the steps, but you have to really spend the time to identify which are the steps, which might be only two or three that add most of the value to what you're doing and try to focus on those and try to optimize those because the other 90%, 80% is just, uh, it's basically just noise. It's things that uh, maybe you could even uh, delegate to someone, or maybe you can uh, hire someone to do it, or maybe you can find a way to do it uh, automatically. But uh, most of the value is added uh, in, uh, in a few aspects of what you do. And if you have to identify those, it's not easy to do because most of us are, are really very busy and we don't even have time to take a step back and think about what we do every day, our business mm -hmm. or our profession. But uh, in history, when, you, when I look at uh, the, the biographies of uh, successful people, for instance, in this latest book in Asymmetry, 
I have the biography of uh, Velazquez, and I was a very famous artist in the 17th century, very famous painter. And he actually made a fortune just because he changed his procedure. I mean, the guy was, uh, was painting um, basically portraits because it was uh, the big market in the, in the 17th century. You wanted to make money, you have to paint uh, portraits of uh, people who can pay you for that. Basically, yes. uh, uh, bishops and uh, kings and queens and this kind of stuff. And Velasquez uh, was doing that, but he was not making a lot of money because it takes a lot of work to actually to paint a portrait. It can take a month. And eventually uh, he thought, oh, I'm working, 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 but uh, I cannot make any money. And eventually, by thinking about the process, he realized that uh, if he could just paint, spend the time painting the faces and the hands, uh, and the rest, basically, basically he put uh, pretty much uh, black paint all over, uh, he could cut the production time uh, by a factor of 10. Uh, <laughs> when he started to do that, uh, he became basically super wealthy because uh, he started to paint uh, basically what he was doing before, but he did it like 10 times faster to such an extent that he was able to make even copies of his own paintings and sell them. At some point, for instance, he made uh, he went to Rome because he was living in Spain. And he went to Italy and he painted uh, a portrait of the Pope. I think it was Leo X. Uh, he uh, painted so quickly that he made several copies. He made 10 copies and he sold them to different uh, churches and monasteries. And he, when he came back to Spain, he came up with a huge amount of money. So <laughs> this is something that uh, you can use in every business. You have to really think, because it took Belaka, it took 10 years huh, to actually realize that uh, he should focus on the, on the hands and the face. Uh, it took, and he um, basically surpassed all the other artists because they were still trying to paint the little details of the angels. And the Velasquez was producing like, uh, like cookies. He was making portraits like cookies. So you have to find something similar in your business so that uh, you can become very, very good at uh, what really counts and try yeah. to cut down on the rest because otherwise it's very easy to uh, become frustrated. I love that. I think that's a fantastic story. Become very good at one element so you can continue to make the cookies. I love it. John, it's great information and I think your your premises are fantastic. And I know we'll have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, I'm very, very easy to find if you just type uh, my name, John Vespasian, on Google. Even if you spell it incorrectly, it doesn't matter because uh, Google will correct you. It's John Vespasian. <laughs> you will find uh, there is a blog uh, with hundreds of free articles. There is a free newsletter. And of course, my books, uh, they are easily, um, they can be easily found on Amazon and in other outlets. So there are now uh, 11 books. Very, very easy to find uh, John Vespasian. Wonderful. And before we go, what are your last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners? Yeah, my pearls of advice is that uh, you should spend uh, some time per month, maybe a couple of hours, uh, trying to read some history. I mean, mm. uh, it's totally counterintuitive in this time where people spend, uh, uh, I don't know, an hours on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and uh, looking at videos of cats in uh, Facebook, <laughs> sorry, in, in the YouTube. I spend a couple of hours per, per month uh, reading history, uh, read biographies, read my books, read something that uh, you find interesting. Mm -hmm. to gain some perspective because uh, it's a very good investment. You become, I think, uh, much more um, logical in your thinking. You will become much more relaxed because you will get the perspective of the centuries. 
and you will break uh, a little bit. It's like a small holiday. You can take a small holiday from the from the stress of everyday life. And you look at the past, they, <clears throat> there are very interesting uh, books about previous centuries or previous uh, people in previous centuries. And you will learn a lot of lessons and you will avoid a lot of mistakes. It's a very mm -hmm. good investment. Uh, it will cost you almost nothing. Uh, and it's just to find a couple of hours per month that I think uh, you make the effort. Uh, I think you can find them. I love it. John, very, very fun. Thank you so much for not only sharing your wisdom, but sharing your stories. You have been a fabulous guest. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Many thanks, uh, Michael. Many thanks. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and Sales Mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.